Open your Bibles, if you would, to Acts chapter 2. Again, where Brother Travis read is where we're going to be. We'll be looking at verses 21 to 24 today. The name of the message is the person and work of Christ. The person and work of Christ. And take note, again, that that which Peter preached is often called Pentecostal preaching, but you will notice that it's the same message that all gospel preachers preach. And it was Pentecostal preaching because on that day, 3,000 souls were added to the church as we saw at the end of that reading in verse 41. 3,000 souls. My goodness. My goodness. And note, again, the message is the same message that St. Gospel preachers preach today. It is the preaching of Christ and him crucified. Christ rising from the grave. Christ redeeming his people with his precious, precious blood shed for the remission of our sins. And he saved all those he came to redeem. He saved them. And he shall. Shall save his people from their sins. And we're living proof of that, aren't we? We're living proof of that shall. That, that binding word for the covenant of grace is amazing. We're living proof. So this is the same message that God sent preachers preach today. And what do we say? Glory be to God, most high. Glory to the Lord for allowing us to have the privilege of hearing this message and for giving us ears to hear when so many do not have ears to hear. So many have no desire to hear this wonderful message of God's grace. And yet here we desire it. We love it. Oh, it's so good. God's so good. So today I pray God the Holy Spirit will give us an understanding, illuminating the scriptures for us and teaching us and giving us an understanding of these verses that we're going to look at, verses 21 to 24 of Acts chapter 2. Peter has set forth in these verses the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read verses 21 to 24. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's that little word again, shall. Isn't it wonderful? There's no doubt there, is it? Whosoever will come to Christ shall be saved. No ifs, no buts, no doubts. They shall be saved. All who the Holy Spirit regenerates and draws to Christ shall be saved. My, that's wonderful. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God, look at that, among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. So he's not saying anything new. He's saying that this man is approved of God and the very miracles that he did before them, in the midst of them, prove that he is the Son of God. Proved it. That he was a man approved by God. Because look at this. Which God did by him in the midst of you. Who did the miracles? God did them. God did them. Through Christ. As ye yourselves also know. Him, that being Christ, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom God hath raised up. See? The grave's not the end, is it? No. 
Death couldn't hold our king. He's sinless. He's sinless in his life and he's sinless in his death. Death can't hold him. Look at this. Whom God, all by the power of God, hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. <clears throat> See, death's got a grip on us. It's got a claim on us. The soul that sinneth it shall die, right? Christ died in our ruined place. And death couldn't, death couldn't hold him. Remember he said in the book of John, he said, Satan cometh and hath nothing in me. No claim. He's the sinless one. He's the perfect spotless lamb of God. And he's completed that, per that work perfectly of our, the redemption of our souls. And God raises him from the dead. And let us remember that Peter's preaching with boldness from the Holy Spirit of God. It's, the Lord gave him that boldness. It's not natural to us. Every preacher will say it's not natural for us to get up and, and, and uh, brag on Christ. But, and, and every preacher will say who's sufficient for these things. It's a calling. And it's God who empowers us. It's God who gives us the ability to do it. it, it we, we can't do it on our own. And we don't want to. We don't want to. <clears throat> and notice that Peter seems to anticipate a question which the Jews whose, whose hands were freshly stained with the blood of Christ might ask if this Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ of God, if he establishes his kingdom, how do you explain the fact that we nailed him to the cross? See, he's... And think of this too. The Holy Spirit knows the hearts and minds of everybody, right? This isn't something new. He knows man. So for man to do that, man would say, well, how can he be God? And we crucified him. Well, we're going to find the answer in our text because it was by the determinate foreknowledge and counsel of God. So this is an answer to that question, even if it wasn't asked. My, oh, my. In verse 22, Peter's addressing it's the men who are assembled at the area where Peter's located also. And he's addressing them to hear these words in verse 22. And he's going to speak to them by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God about the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do we know that these words are inspired by the Holy Spirit of God? Because they're preserved in the Word of God. Right? This is for our learning, beloved. And this is for our edification. And this is for our, our to, to grow our faith. To, to walk out of here knowing that our God is God. That our Savior saved us. And he who saved us is the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit of God, we've been, we've been, we've been uh, redeemed. And Peter's going to testify who the Lord Jesus Christ is. The person and work of our wonderful Savior. Look at verse 22. Ye men of Israel. So he's, he's addressing Israelites. Remember it's the feast day. And so there's all kinds of people there in the morning sacrifice. They're going to be giving the morning sacrifice. Gail said there's probably thousands of them there. Well we know 3,000 were saved. So there's, there's a whole bunch of people there. And Peter stands up and says, You men of Israel, hear these words. Hearken to these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you, 
by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. So Peter here, who is he preaching to? He's preaching to ungodly men, religious men, unsaved men, men who are dead in trespasses and sins. Now they're going to do their religious rites, they're going to do their religious duties, but they're not born again. They're not born again, beloved. My, oh my. And so he's preaching to, to these ungodly men who, who not many days before, right, murdered the Lord Jesus Christ. And if it wasn't for the restraining grace of God, they'd have murdered all the apostles too. And all the followers of Christ. How do we know that? What did Paul do? He was going wasting the church, which is murdering the church in the Greek. Destroying the church. His goal was to wipe out Christianity. Little did he know, he's a trophy of God's grace. He's a chosen vessel that would preach the gospel. And remember what, the, uh, what our dear brothers and sisters said? They heard that he who destroyed the faith, the faith, now preaches it. And they glorified God. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I'll tell, that gets you so excited. My. My, oh my. <clears throat> so here he's preaching to these men. God the Holy Spirit restrained them from, from having harmed any of the followers of Christ. And we see in verse 23 that the apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ boldly declares that it was by their wicked hands that our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. It says this, Him, being Christ, being delivered up by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. And note in verse 22, the words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God. Approved of God. This is speaking of none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And this speaks of his divinity, beloved. This speaks of his divinity. He, he, he claimed to be divine. He claimed to be divine, which we see in our text which was proved by his miracles. Look at, look at verse 22 again. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you, by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. <clears throat> Our Lord proclaims his divinity in John chapter 8. So even in the midst of, of these Israelites, he proclaimed that he was God. Who is the great I am? God, right? The, the great I am who appeared to Moses in the burning bush. That's God. <clears throat> That's God. Look what he says. This is one of my favorite portions in the book of John. I, I have all kinds. I always say that. But this is, this is just incredible what he says to these, to these Jews. It's just Absolutely amazing what he says. Look at this. John chapter 8, starting in verse 54. And remember our text, right? Jesus and Nazareth, the man approved of God by the miracles that he did. So his miracles showed that he was God. 
Look at verse 54. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom you say that he's your God. So he's talking to the Jews here, and he's saying, I honor my Father. I honor the one that you say you serve. It says, Yet ye have not known him. Look at that. These are, these are some of the most religious people in the world, beloved. They, they follow things to the letter, don't they? And even more, because the Pharisees have, have yoked them with all these other things. And look what he says. Despite all their religious doings, the Lord Jesus Christ says, you don't know my Father. It's, it's, isn't that amazing? Look at that. It says, you've not known him, but I know him. I can know him. I have that intimate relationship with him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. Look at that. These are strong words. He's saying, he's saying if, I, if I say I don't know him, then I'd be lying like you're saying you know him. My. This is God in the flesh, beloved. This is our Redeemer right here. This is our Savior. And he's proclaiming who he is. Watch this. But I know him and keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. When did Abraham see his day? When, when did Abraham see his day? Well, remember who appeared to him with the two angels? Remember who appeared to Abraham when, when they were going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? And one of them stayed behind? And the two angels... Well, that man was a Christophany. That's a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like when Joshua turns around and he sees this man of war standing before him. Before Jericho, the walls of Jericho. And this man of war standing before him. And he says, who art thou? Are thou for us or against us? And he says, loose your shoes for you standing on holy ground. My. I like what Spurgeon said. The Lord appears to to our, our beloved brethren in the Old Testament as they are. To Abraham, he appeared as a sojourner. To Joshua, he appeared as a man of war. My, he's bone of our bone and, and flesh of our flesh. And he says right there, he says, with Joshua, he says, I'm the captain of the Lord's host. Now you talk about, now I get, I love military stuff. Now this is the captain of the captains of all the, this is the, this is the top of the tier. He is in charge. He is sovereign. Our God, he's a warrior. My, oh my. Remember, I mean, he said, I could call 12 legions of angels. How can he call them? Because they're at his beck and command. That's how. Because he's the captain of the Lord's host. So Abraham rejoiced to see him. <clears throat> he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not 50 years old. Yet 50 years old. And hast thou seen Abraham? How can you say, how can you say, you've seen Abraham and you're not even 50 years old? They have no clue who they're talking to, do they? And look at this next verse. This is absolutely mountaintop scripture. Look at this. Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. 
I am. He is proclaiming who he is right there. He's saying, I'm the great I am. See, they didn't realize that God himself had become a man. Because that's the only way we could be saved. That's the only way. I've told you many times, you've heard me say, first time he came as a, as a lamb. His return, he comes as a lion. He came as a lamb to give his life, to redeem us. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He shall. My, and listen to, listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 9. Listen, this is just amazing. So our Lord here, he's, he's now speaking to them of his pre-existence, isn't he? He's saying to him, them, before Abraham was, I am. He's now talking to them about his pre-existence. They don't know who he is. They pick up stones and try to kill him. But you, you know, if, you're, if you read on, he just walks right through the midst of them. They can't touch him, beloved. He's God. They can't touch He can't die until his appointed time. Isn't that amazing? They wanted to kill him right on the spot. Nope. Can't do it. Remember, he gives his life. Freely. Willingly. He's the one who gives his life. So here's the everlasting, eternal I am speaking to them. And they don't have any idea. This is, this is the one who, who is or was and is and is to come. This is the ancient of days. This is the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. This is the one who's called Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace. This is the great I Am. <clears throat> In Romans 9, 5, Paul writes this, Whose are the fathers and of whom is concerning the flesh Christ came, is who is over all, God blessed forever, amen. That's who Christ is. God blessed forever, amen. Romans 9, 5. He's the great I am. God himself saved us, beloved. God himself redeemed us. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's who Peter's speaking of. My, that's one of the most distinct statements. Who is over all, God blessed forever in Romans 9, 5. But over in, over in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says this. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Manifest. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the, in the spirit. Seen of angels. Angels watched while he was upon this earth. Preached unto the Gentiles. I'm preaching the same Jesus this morning, aren't I? Preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. We're proof of that. The world being all, out it goes in the world. And who believes? Only, only those who God sends the spirit of his son into his hearts. But we don't know who they are, so we preach the gospel to everyone. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Shall be. My. My, oh my. And then he was received up to glory, like we saw in our text. My. This rock, 
upon which Christ builds his church is himself. He's the rock we're built upon. He's the rock, beloved. He's the one who's redeemed us with his precious blood. So rejoice, beloved of God. It's God who saved us. We're saved by God himself. And you know what? Sister Carolyn, it's God who keeps us. He saved us and he keeps us. And is God going to take us home? He's going to take us home, beloved. God himself, the very one who redeemed us. So I ask you, can any who the Lord Jesus Christ redeemed be lost? Can any of them be lost? Not a one, brother, amen. He's going to get all his sheep, isn't he? All of them. Man. Now he's still got some sheep to gather, don't he? Because we're still here. But when it's over, when he gets that last sheep, beloved, it's all finished. No man knows the hour of the day. And no man don't even know the season, right? Don't even know the season. People well, I know the season. No, you don't. You're lying. No man. We, we saw that in Acts chapter, the first chapter, didn't we? So clearly. No man knows the hour of the day. No man knows the season. Only the Father knows when Christ is coming back. And we know, though, he's coming back. How do we know? Them two angels said, this man that you see going up, he's going to come back again. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Man, whether that be in, in our life or in our death, praise God. Our souls are his, right? Sink or swim, right? Spurgeon used to say, what did he say? I think he was, sink or swim, I'll trust in him. Right? Whether I sink or whether I swim, I'm going to trust him. By the grace and mercy of God, we're going to trust him. So, none who the Lord redeemed can be lost. Mm. My, oh my. Can any who the Lord... Now think of this too. Can any who the Lord redeemed be lost? No. Can any who the Lord keeps be lost? If God himself keeps us, can, can any of us be lost? God forbid, yeah. That'd be blaspheming God. That would be a disgrace to his honor. Right? My. My, oh my. No, here save everyone. Here save everyone whom he died for. Every single, every single saint of God who he died for will be saved. His people shall be saved. Because at Calvary's cross, he saved us from our sins. My, oh my. And then God the, whole, God the Father sends the Holy Spirit into our hearts, whereby now we cry, Abba, Father. Because we're sons, remember? Because we're sons, God sends the Spirit of his Son into our hearts. My, it's... It's just incredible. Just incredible, beloved. So let's read verse 22 again with that in mind. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Peter referred to Christ here as the exalted Christ of God. Jesus of Nazareth. He identified Christ to his hearers by proclaiming that he's Jesus of Nazareth. So they'd know. They'd heard about him probably. Some of them might have even seen him in the past. Some of them might have even been there when they crucified our king. 
Some of them might have been part of the group that said, crucify him, crucify him. My, oh, my. So Peter says this, that there's no doubt who he's talking about. There's absolutely no doubt who Peter's preaching. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a man approved of God. And it's very important for all of God's preachers to identify the Jesus we're preaching. As way back in the apostolic age, Paul said there's another Jesus and another spirit. So it's important who we identify as the Lord Jesus Christ. We identify Christ as the, the risen Savior who finished completely the work of salvation for his people. And we are saved based upon his work and his merits. Nothing in us. Nothing in us. Brother, Brother Travis, when you preaching that last week, I was thinking, no merit, no merit, no merit. No merit in us at all. None. Nothing. Nothing at all. My. No merit. All our merit is wrapped up in Christ, beloved. My, what a great Savior. What a great Savior. And, and we, know, we know that it's important to identify the true Christ because even the Galatians, uh, uh, churches that were established in the Roman province of Galatia were being influenced by Judaizers at the time of Paul's living. False teachers had already crept in. And, and we're telling the, Judy, or telling the Galatians, well, you've got to be circumcised and believe on Christ to be saved. And so the whole book of, of Galatians is written to the Galatian churches to refute that and to bring forth that justification before God is in Christ and Christ alone. By faith in Christ alone. Right? And that there's only one gospel. The gospel that gives all the glory to God. The gospel of salvation in and through the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. We are redeemed by his blood. Not by anything we do. Oh my. And in every generation since our Lord ascended to glory, self-righteous religious folks have preferred and embraced a phony Jesus that doesn't even exist. He, 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 he has no power. He has no power. But our God, our Savior, the Christ I preach, has all power and all might to save whomever he wills, when he wills. And we say, glory be to God. Right? Praise his mighty name. Christ didn't try to save us. He saved us. He saved us by the redeeming of his precious blood. He didn't make us savable. He saved us. Oh, my. My, oh, my, oh, my. He paid the ransom price in full. It's paid in full. Stamped with the, with the blood of Christ. Remember, we used to put it in ink and stamp it. It's, it's rolled in the blood of Christ and it says, paid in full. Paid in full with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. My, oh, my. Cleansing us from all our sin. So, so much so, beloved, that not one thing can be laid to the charge of God's elect. Not one thing. Brother Neil, we're fully and freely forgiven, and no one can lay any charge against us. It's wonderful. This salvation is absolutely incredible. And it's all in Christ. It's all in Him. Nowhere else. 
Nowhere else. And this is who Peter's proclaiming. He's setting, he's setting the Lord Jesus Christ before his hearers. And our Savior, our Savior, he's seated on the throne in heaven. He's Lord over all. He's working everything according to his counsel and his will. Making sure that all things, all things are working for our good and for his glory. Even when we don't understand it, it's all happening now. All those who are called according to his purpose. Let's read verse 22 again. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man approved to God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. We see in our text that the Lord Jesus Christ's deity was proved by his miracles, which God did by him in the midst of these people, in the midst of Israel. These miracles performed by Christ were indisputable facts of his deity because only God could do them. Only God could do them. And they were public record, weren't they? They were public record of what our king's done. They could not be disputed even by his murderers. They couldn't dispute them. The Lord Jesus Christ had turned water into wine. He, he made a blind man see. He cleansed the man full of leprosy. That means he was out near the end part of the leprosy and made him whiter than the snow. My. He raised, he raised a little girl from the dead. He raised, he raised a, a widow's son as he's being carried to the grave. He fed 5,000 men not including women and children, with a few loaves and some fishes. My, he, he was sleeping in a boat while the boat's being tossed. It's one of my favorite nares. The boat's being tossed to and fro by this great storm. And he comes up and he says, Oh, ye of little faith, peace, be still. And it was like glass. <laughs> After it had just been like a hurricane. I remember reading, studying for that. And, and they said that these storms would rise up on, on that, that, that um, parcel of that lake. And it would be like hurricanes. For, it, they would just rage. Peace be still. Poof. Just like glass. Not even a ripple. And they said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Oh, my. He gave sight to the blind. He fed the multitude, cleansed lepers, raised the dead. And he who did all that is God incarnate in the flesh. So his, his miracles were public record. And they showed that he was God. And all those miracles done by Christ. Here Peter's preaching the truth about who the Lord Jesus Christ is. He says he did all those by God. By the power of God. My, and this is what we preachers proclaim. The Lord Jesus Christ, who he is. He's God. He's the only savior of sinners. There's no other savior of sinners. Except for the Lord Jesus Christ.
and we are saved. Salvation comes to us in and through the Lord Jesus Christ, in him alone, by God's sovereign grace, through the merits of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we, we acknowledge that, don't we? We never used to acknowledge it. And now we say, glory be to God. He's the only way. I've been redeemed. <laughs> I've been redeemed. Oh, my. And Adam represented the whole of mankind. When he fell, we fell in him. Plunged us into sinful condemnation. My. So we come into this world with a fallen nature, dead in trespasses and sins. But then God reveals himself to us. Because we'll never see our need of Christ unless he reveals to us who he is in our desperate need. And when he reveals to a sinner that we need Christ, he's drawn us to him. Oh, my. I remember Donnie Bell telling me, when someone starts to get a, a real interest in Christ, and I'm, I don't mean just a fleeting interest, I mean like a real interest, God's doing something. He's doing something. Just stand back and watch. My, oh my. So these miracles, think of this too. These miracles which the Lord Jesus Christ did, they weren't done in secret, were they? They were very public. They were done in public. He didn't hide. The, the one with, when he raised um, Jairus' daughter, he sent some out, but there were still some in the room with him. And then they came out, and here's this girl walking along. Do you imagine what all those wailing ladies were when they saw? Because they, they had just laughed at him, right? When he said, oh, she's just sleeping. They mocked him. See, that's what we all would do. Except for the grace of God, though. Now we praise him. Now we praise him. Remember what John the Baptist said? <clears throat> all, these, all these miracles were done in public. And they proved that he was the promised Messiah, who the writers prophesied in the Old Testament. Remember, remember when John the Baptist was in prison, he sent two of his disciples to the Lord Jesus Christ? And it says this, he, they, they come to Christ and say, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell, go, go and show John again these things, which you he do here. The blind receive their sight. This was done in public. The lame walk. This was done in public. The lepers are cleansed. Done in public. The deaf hear. Done in public. The dead are raised up, done in public. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. That's the poor in spirit. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Matthew eleven two to 6. So his miracles proved who he was. He's God incarnated in the flesh. And they were fulfillment. They were a fulfillment of, of many of Isaiah's prophecies concerning the Messiah. So Jesus was very open and did his miracles in public. And so here's Peter proclaiming, Christ did these in your midst. He didn't hide. He did this in your midst. My, oh, my. And the miracles he did amongst them proved that he was a man approved of God. 
Now, how did the Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man, come to die the painful, shameful death of the cross? Well, he did it willingly. He was sent to die. He was born to die. We're born to live. And we will eventually die. He was born to die. Remember, he's sinless. He could have hung on that cross. Death had no claim on him. Right? Oh, my. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God is our substitute and dies in our room and place, bearing our sins. Oh, having the justice of God poured out upon him instead of us, redeeming us with his precious, precious blood. Look at verse 23. Him, that's Christ, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. See the word delivered there in the Greek? Do you know what that means? It means to surrender. Him being, him surrendering by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. He surrendered himself. We know that he surrendered himself to the will of God, didn't he? He said, not my will, but thy will be done. See the word determinate there? In the Greek, it means boundary, limit. To mark out definitely. To determine or appoint. It was, he, he was, he surrendered himself by by that which was determined, appointed to be. And then see the word counsel in the Greek? Counsel, we think of a group getting together and counseling, right? Counsel in the Greek here means will and purpose, intention, as a result of reflection, counsel, or decree. This is bringing forth the will and purpose of God was for Christ to die. See, when I, when I see the word counsel, I think, well, we'll get a group of people together in the council. You start talking, but that's not what this is. No, it's a will and purpose. Attention as a result of reflection. That which was planned and purposed in eternity by God shall come to pass in time and space. Then see the word foreknowledge in our, in our text. In the Greek, it means to know beforehand. He knows the end from the beginning, doesn't he? He already knows. Do you know the Lord already knows everything that's going to happen? Do you know the Lord? Now, now let this be. Do you know, Dave, Brother Dave, the Lord knows everything that's going to happen in our life tomorrow when we don't even know what it is? And the next day, if he, if he allows us to, however long he allows us to live, he knows every day and everything that's going to happen in our life. And he's already made provision for it. Amen. Amen. Praise his mighty name. And that's true for every one of his saints. Every single one of his saints. My, how that, my, how that makes my heart sing. It's wonderful. So no matter what we go through, he's already made provision for it, for us. Even though it catches us by surprise, it never catches him by surprise. He's already made provision for it. So all this happened... 
by God's knowledge, by God's will, by God's purpose, they delivered. Christ surrendered himself to the will of God, surrendered himself to God's will, right? And went to the cross and redeemed us, beloved. redeemed us with his precious blood. Listen to this. I, I, I took out Acts 22 and 23 in the Greek literal Bible. I'd like to read it to you. It says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man having been set forth by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in your midst, as ye yourselves know, him delivered up by the determinate plan and foreknowledge of God, Ye have put to death, having crucified him by lawless hands. My. God's plan for Christ to die. So if you hear somebody say, oh, poor little Jesus, he, he, he went to the cross. and No. Remember, you know, I, another portion of scripture that just makes me, my mind just, is when he's on his way to the cross and he looks at those, those Jewish women and he says, weep not for me. Don't weep for me. You know why? He's surrendered to the will of God, beloved. He's a lamb being led to the slaughter. He knows he must go there and must die to redeem our souls. And so he says, weep not for me. Weep for your children. Don't weep. Christ didn't want people weeping for him when he's going on the cross. He's on a mission. Remember, he's born to die. Now, we weep. We weep when we, when we see him in our minds at the cross, dying and bleeding for our sins. And that's perfectly normal. Because what a great sacrifice. He died for us. But oh my, he says, weep not. He told them, weep not for me. So we have here set before us in Scripture that the death of the Lord Jesus Christ was all according to the plan and purpose of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The in covenant in eternity came, made a covenant to redeem a people. A people given by the Father to Christ. A people who the Holy Spirit will regenerate. A people who Christ redeemed by his precious blood. My all according to the, the purpose of God. And the only way a sinner can be saved is by satisfying God's justice, right? Against us. Christ did it all for us. He satisfied God's law and justice for us in our place. My, he was, he was foreordained, he was predestinated to be our substitutionary sacrifice by God. And God did that for you and I, beloved all according to his will and purpose, sent his own son to die in our room and place. Now that's great love, isn't it? That's great love. And the only way we could be redeemed was by the death of the cross, the death of Christ on the cross. And yet we see here Christ died by the hands of wicked men, acting according to, you want to see free will? There's man's free will. They hate God. That's it right there. Natural state, natural man, hates God. Hates God. My, if anything should convince us of the abhorrence of free will doctrine, this should. Free will crucify the Lord of glory. My, oh my. 
And by the Lord Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead, our Savior abolished death. It has no more sting for the believer. He abolished the penal aspect of it for his people. He abolished its power. He abolished its terror. I was talking to Charlie. He said this morning in Sunday school, he said, he, before Sunday school, he said, all my friends, they're so terrified of death. He goes, I, I have such a peace. I have such a peace. Well, that only comes from the Lord. My. He's abolished the fear of death for his people. And marvel at this wondrous truth, beloved of God. The sufferings and death of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth were purposed and executed by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. All according to his plan. And when was that plan set? Before the foundation of the world. This was a fixed resolution that Christ would come into this world and redeem his people from their sins. All by the wise, determinate counsel of God. And this in no way excused Judas from betraying him. It in no way excused those who said, crucify him, crucify him. In no way did it excuse them. We are guilty. The law shows that we're all guilty before God. And there's no other way to appease God's wrath against our sin and to satisfy his holy justice but by the death of his son, which was by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Oh, how thankful we should be. How thankful we should be. This is wondrous. That God planned and purposed our salvation before the world was. And the only way to do it was by the death of the Word of God. The Son of God. The second person of the Trinity. And he willingly surrendered himself to God's will. My. Look at Acts chapter 2 verse 24. Oh. Our Lord he infinitely, our infinitely wise, sovereign Lord chose us to be recipients of his sovereign mercy, placing us in the body of Christ, who is the one and only way for sinners to be forgiven. And look at this. Christ died on the cross, and look at this. Acts 2.24, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. How important is it to believe in the resurrection of Christ? It's vital. It's absolutely vital to believe in the resurrection of Christ. We read in 1 Corinthians 15, 14, it says, if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain and your faith is in vain. That's how important the resurrection is. My. If Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain and ye are yet in your sins, the scripture also says. So it's vital to believe in the resurrection. It's absolutely vital to believe in it. The gospel proclaims the death and burial and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God the Father, by his life-given power, loosed the pains of death. Loosed his darling son, the son of his love. Loosed him from the pains of death. And Jesus, who is the power of God, raised himself also from the grave. As he tells us in his word, that he had the power to lay down his life. And he has the power to raise it. Why? Because he's God Almighty. Do you know he's just as much God as the Father and he's just as much God as the Holy Spirit? The three are one, beloved. 
My, it's wonderful. And all three covenant for our salvation in eternity. And all three are active in our salvation. <laughs> it's wonderful. That's why we say salvation's of the Lord. It's all him. It's all him. My. Job said this about God. He said, but he is one mind. So the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're one mind. He said, he, but he is one mind. And who can turn him? Who can, who? You see, people think they can gang up on God. Right? Well, if we just start praying for this, God will do this. Only if it's his will. Right? Only if it's his will. I, I think I told you about a friend of mine across the road. He's one of them Pentecostal guys. And he's, he believes in the healing and that God will heal and must heal. Well, he was despairing for his. He, he said, I, 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 I don't, I'm, a, I'm doubting God. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, he's not healing my wife. See how this, the, these religions just destroy people? And I said, Gary, I'll pray for your, your bride, and I, I hope the Lord will heal her. But if it's up to him, it's up to him. Well, the Lord had some medical things being able to take care of it, and now he's, he's back up in the mountain. But I thought, see, because God wasn't doing what he, what he thought God should do, we trust God no matter what we think, right? By the grace of God. When we're down low and when we're up high, we have dear brother and sisters going through cancer. And I'll tell you what, through it all, they're just like that. Just trusting the Lord. Just hanging on to him. Talk to Sister Kathy. Just hanging on to the Lord, Wayne. Just resting in him, Brother Wayne. And it's so for all of us who have any kind of medical things, right? We're just trusting the Lord, aren't we? If he sees fit to heal us, that's his will. If he sees fit not to heal us, that's his will as well. And sometimes it's his will just to take us home. Then we won't have no problems. Right? Oh my. My, oh my. So the death, burial, and resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ was purposed by God and agreed upon by the divine trinity. And Jesus Christ, the second person of the blessed trinity, that he would be made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. How did he do that? He became a man. And Peter said, Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. That's what he said here in verse 24. Just before our Savior laid down his life for his sheep, he said, it is finished. Oh, my. It is finished. And then he gave up the ghost. It says he gave up the ghost. He gave willingly. Surrendered. Because he must die, right? Even though he's sinless, he must die to be our substitute. For us to have the forgiveness of sins, he's been our substitute his whole life. Again, he's born even as our substitute. Think of that. How, how do we get into heaven? We've got to be perfect, right? We've got to be perfect as God. Right? So God himself becomes a man and lives 
from, from, the, from, the, from conception to death to resurrection, he's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> no sin thought. No, I can't. Can you imagine? I can't even imagine. But it's true. No sin thought. No, no sin in word. No sin in deed. Nothing. Perfectly surrendered to the will and purpose of God. And he's doing that as our substitute, beloved. And just before he gave his life, he said, it is finished. The work's done. It's complete. His perfect obedience to God as our substitute is finished. And death couldn't hold him. He's raised for our justification. My, oh my. Marvel at this. Marvel at this, that the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ was agreed upon by one perfect mind, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in eternity. They all agreed upon it. They all agreed upon it. My, our sovereign, majestic God who works all things after the counsel of his own perfect will, I ask you, can anyone possibly turn God from what he desires to do? Can anybody turn God from what he desires to do? No one. No one. No one. Absolutely no one. And our God is a covenant God. And his sheep are a covenant people. Do you know we're a covenant people? We're the sheep of his hands? Psalm says. We're his by possession. We're his by purchase. We're his by creation. We're his by regeneration. We're his because salvation's of the Lord. Oh, it's wonderful. I'll tell you why. Christ our Savior purchased his promised people with his own precious blood. And his blood is the blood of the everlasting covenant. His blood ratified the everlasting covenant. The covenant that God made with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to save a people. It was ratified by the blood of Christ. Ratified by him. In other words, Christ met all the conditions of God's everlasting covenant. So much so. So much so. That none can lay any charge to God's elect. Hallelujah. What a Savior is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Brother Dave, can you close us in prayer?